Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. How you doing this morning? Well, if you get bored with me, you can go out and see the reindeer. So how about we, uh, we'll have a good service and then we got hot chocolate, reindeers, frozen characters, all sorts of stuff today. I know you want me to ride in on the reindeer. I just... Uh, I don't know if I just have to go out mid-service and come back in. It might happen. I know Jared will help me. Yeah. He's handled animals like that before. So uh, this morning, uh, if you got your Bibles with you, let's turn to uh, the Gospel of John, John chapter 1 in verse 1. We're going to talk today about hope this morning. And uh, John chapter 1 and verse 1, we're going to start here. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. And the word was with God, speaking of Jesus, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. And God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. And the word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. In verse 5, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Can I get amen? Also, one other passage real quick, Romans 15 in verse 13. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So today, if you're taking notes, the title of my message is Hope for the Holidays. Now, today I want to talk about hope, and I feel like this is a very needed message in the time and days we live, uh, not just for the world, but for the church, for everybody, whether you're a believer or not, people need hope, and uh, the Bible has a lot to say about hope. The God that we serve is the God of all hope, and uh, so I want to talk about hope today and hopefully encourage you this morning about hope, especially pertaining to this holiday season you got to realize that hope is one of the greatest things that God has ever given us, is hope. Jesus, in the Bible, in Peter, it says that we serve a God who is a living hope, not a dead hope. That we have a God who is alive and well. That's why we can have hope, that Jesus is not dead today. He's alive and well. We serve a resurrected Savior, and we have a living hope as Christians, as followers of Jesus, our hope is living and not dead. And we can have hope in Jesus, and that hope gives us the biblical definition, and the hope that we have in Jesus is confident expectation of good in our future. Now, we can have that not because of us, not just because uh, we feel like we're lucky, not just because we have a rabbit foot in our car, not just because, you know, we, we played the lottery and, and we believe in good luck. No, we have a confident expectation in the goodness of God because of Jesus. We can have a confident expectation and hope for our future because Jesus is no longer in the grave. We serve a resurrected living hope. And we can have an expectation, not just wishing, but a confident expectation and hope 
of good in our future and that God is working behind the scenes. He's working in our life, even when it seems dark, even when we seem depressed, even when life seems like it's going the opposite direction of the way we want it to go. We can still have hope because we believe that God is working. Are you here today? So biblical hope is not, I wish something good would happen to me, uh, or I hope that I luck out and I just win the lottery with God. No, it's a confident expectation of good in our future because of Jesus. So we're talking about hope this morning, and um, we need to talk about this because many people are living with a lack of hope, both in the church and outside the church. People are living in this place of hopelessness, and it shouldn't be that way. Uh, that especially believers are struggling just as bad as the world is. And um, we should be, of all people, the most hopeful, the most peace-filled, the most joy-filled, the most faith-filled. But a lot of times that's not the case. And, and I'm not judging you because I've been there too. But uh, we as believers should be the most hope-filled people and not look just like the world looks. And a lot of times I, I see both inside the church and outside the church people struggling with their mental health. Now, the mental health uh, message has come to the forefront in the past several years, both in the church and in the world. And that's a good thing, actually. Um, and this is what we do in, in the church world. And I want to talk about this today. And, and don't tune me out because, like, I don't got mental issues, Pastor. It's not for me. Yeah, it is for you. It's for everybody in here. Because whether you need it today... You're going to need it tomorrow or next month or next year. You're going to need this message on mental health and why we need hope in God. Trust me, you are. Um, and we need to stop making fun of people that have issues just because you didn't have the same issue they had. You don't know what they're going through. Right? Okay. So uh, as we step into this, a lot of times the church world does not deal with the mental health issue well. We go to two extremes. This is the extremes they go to when we talk about uh, your mind, your will, your emotions. When people start talking about anxiety or depression, we go to two different directions. And this is the two extremes the church world goes to. And this is where a lot of people are. Um, and, and they go this route, which is uh, get over it. Nothing's wrong. Forget about it. Um, you know, it's just all in your head anyways. Just forget about it. Just ignore it. Ignore it, Pastor. Um, and that doesn't work. Okay? A ignoring the problem does not heal the problem. Uh, saying get over it to a person who's struggling does not help the person. Um, saying that there's nothing wrong, it's all in your head anyways, you're going crazy, does not help the person. Okay? Um, and a lot of times in the church world, that's how we hint, uh, handle issues about depression, anxiety, and people that have a lack of hope is like, well, just cheer up. Life's going to be okay. You know, but... But don't make a big deal. Just get over it. Nothing's wrong. That doesn't help anybody. Why? Because you can't get help from God or other people if you don't admit you need help. <laughs> and so there's nothing wrong with admitting that because God will only help you if you admit you need help. And how many know people can only help you if you admit you need help? And so that's an extreme we go to in the church world, which is not healthy. Then the other side is they justify it that this is just life. We're all going to suffer forever. We all got issues. 
and they leave you hanging feeling like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to put up with this the rest of my life. I'm just going to have to struggle the rest of my life. They never talk about any victory. They never talk about any overcoming. They never talk about God helping you. They never talk about God being your healer. It's just like, yeah, we're all messed up. We all got issues. We're all going to have to just suffer together the rest of our life. And that's another extreme the church world goes to. And instead of encouraging people to get healed and to get whole and to get healthy, it's like we're just all going to hug each other in our dysfunction. That doesn't help you either. It's like we're all in a pit together. Let's just make a house out of this pit. And we're just going to have a big old party down here and struggle together. That's not helpful either. So, so ignoring it, saying, you know, you know, just forget about it. It's not really real. You're not really struggling. Forget about it. We don't want to talk about it in the church world. Doesn't help you. But also us saying, yeah, we all got issues. Let's all just complain about it together. Let's all just suffer together. But, but we can't change it because it is what it is. And God can't do anything about it. Never talking about God being our healer and us being victorious and us overcoming. That's not where we need to be. Are you with me? Okay. Now, you can respond anytime you want. I know you're thinking about the reindeer. But, but before we get there, uh, I have a message that's really going to help you today if you want to. So, so both of those extremes when we talk about mental health in the church world are not healthy. Here is the truth of it. Uh, issues like depression, anxiety, and a lack of hope are real. They need to be treated as real. Um, those feelings are real. Those thoughts are real. And you need to understand that the enemy targets you in your mind, your soul, to get you to feel that way and to think that way. But also, just as real and more, we believe as Christians that God is our healer. That we believe that God is a source of all hope. That we believe that we can overcome depression. We can overcome anxiety. We can overcome a lack of hope. We can have victory over it because Jesus overcame it for us. And that we still believe that faith is the victory. Come on now, somebody. That overcomes the world. We believe that. So those issues are real, and I've experienced them myself, but also we believe just as true that God is our healer, and he is the source of our hope. And how many know the enemy's after, more than anything, he's after your hope? Because if he's got your hope, he's got you. Because hope is what we have to have before we ever have faith. And how many know God only responds to faith? And if we can't get our hopes up, God has nothing to work with. So the enemy wants to steal our hope. He wants to steal your hope about your future. He wants to steal your hope about your marriage. He wants to steal your hope about your kids. He wants to steal your hope about your mind. He wants to steal your hope about your physical health. He wants to steal your hope about your career. He wants to steal your hope about your finances because if he's got your hope, he's got you. But we serve the God of all hope. We read earlier, and we're going to read it again before the day's over. In Romans 15, it says that I pray that the God of all hope will fill you. And I'm praying it over you today. That in this message and before you leave today, the God of all hope will fill you once again with all hope. And you will overflow with it. That's what the Bible says. But God's the only source of that to fill you with that kind of hope. Because I know the circumstances of life. 
tell you the opposite sometimes, but God can come fill you with a supernatural hope, an overflowing hope that supersedes all hurt, all pain, all circumstances, all trials, all tribulations, and you can have hope even in a hopeless situation because of God. I'm helping you this morning if you're listening. But really, lack of hope is one of the roots of mental health issues. When people lose hope, they really start sinking quickly mentally with depression, with anxiety, with suicidal thoughts. But the root of those issues a lot of times is attached to lack of hope. And then that lack of hope leads to fear. And that fear and the lack of hope is a toxic combination that takes people down some dark paths. Now, now, don't, don't look at me like that this morning, like you've never experienced these things. Because we all have. Or someone you know has. And that's why it's so important that we have hope, not just today, not just for the holidays, but we let God fill us again with a hope for our future, our present, every part of your life that you're feeling fearful about and hopeless about. There is a God that wants to give you some new hope for your life. And not, not once again, not like a wishing, maybe it might happen. I hope I get lucky with God. No, a confident expectation of good in your future. That God is working on your behalf. Are you with me this morning? So we see here that in the Bible that in John 1, Jesus came on the scene and it says that he was the light and that because of his light, that darkness could never overcome it, never extinguish it. I love it. If you're reading your Bible, that God always describes himself in three ways. If you read your Bible and you know, it's from God, if he's these three things, God is always love. God is always life, and God's always light. Now, here's a big uh, dividing mark. If it's hate, if it's death, and if it's darkness, it's the devil. It's not God. I thought I would have got a little bit of amen from that one. But if it's God, it's always going to be life, it's always going to be love, and it's always going to be light. But if it's from the enemy in your life, whatever it is, don't blame it on God. If it's darkness, if it's death, and if it's hate, it's not from him, it's from the enemy. But God reveals himself as light. Now, light in the Bible is symbolic for many things. It's symbolic for power and strength and purity and life. But it's also especially symbolic of hope, of new beginnings. Now, we see in the Bible that in the beginning, the first thing that God said when there was darkness on the earth, the first thing that God spoke was, let there be light. Okay, you guys read your Bible. Thank you. Um, in the whole Old Testament, when God would appear to somebody, they would always describe it as he was light. He was fire. There was shining. There was brightness. God always revealed himself as Light. We see in the New Testament, in the Gospels, that when Jesus came, the sign of his coming was a light in the darkness, which is a star. We see in John 8, Jesus said about himself that he is the light of the world, that, that no one that follows him would ever be in darkness anymore. 
We see at the end of Revelation that when there's a new heaven, I'm preaching, I don't know, Miss Marion's with me, but where are you guys at? In the book of Revelation at the end of time, it says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and it says there will not need to be a sun or a moon or a star because God himself will be the light. Are you with me today? Now, now, now why am I, I talking about light today? Because light is always symbolic of hope that God comes into the darkness of our situations and he brings light which is hope no matter how dark it gets God is the light and I love the that verse 5 in John 1 verse 5 it says and that darkness can never extinguish it I don't care how dark it feels God's light can never be extinguished can never be overcome. It's not too much for the, the glory and the light of God in your life that, that God's light will never be overcome by darkness. There's always hope. There's always hope. Even when it fills the darkest, there is light. Now, it's important to know that we, we see light as a symbol of hope in the same way in the Bible it says like as a new day starts, we have hope. When, when you see the light of a new day, there's hope. Because like, okay, we got another chance. <laughs> we got another start. The Bible says this, mercies are new every morning. The Bible says weeping may endure for a night. That's the darkness. But joy, light comes in the morning. There's hope. There's hope. And that's what light is symbolic of. But we see when Jesus came on the scene, why is it so significant? Because from Malachi, which is the end of the Old Testament, and Matthew, the beginning of the New Testament, there's 400 years. Now, those 400 years were called the silent years. And yes, I know that there was God was always talking to people. And he was always moving in people's life. But there was not any major move of God for 400 years between Malachi and Matthew. And at the time that Jesus came, it was pretty stinking dark. I mean, God's people were under Roman control, literally could do nothing under a dictatorship. Their religious system had completely went off track. Their religious leaders were anything but godly and loving and like God. And they were in the worst situation possible. God's people, the Jewish people, when Jesus came on the scene, he'd been quiet for 400 years. They'd been taken over by Rome. They've lost everything. The religious leaders didn't even know God anymore. And then Jesus came. In the darkest time, Jesus came. And then when he came, it says there was a light that shined in the darkness and the darkness could not comprehend it. And if you understand your Bible, you know it was God's people that made their own choices that led them to that dark place. Now, I'm not saying this over every, every one of you in here because I know this is not all of our cases, but a lot of times we got to admit, sometimes the situations we get into is because of our own choices. Sometimes the darkness we experience is not because God's punishing us. It's because we chose it. 
And that was like God's people. God's people had done thing after thing after thing after thing to say, God, we don't want you. And he's like, okay, if you don't want me, then you can have them. And what happened was they went into captivity. They got everything taken from them. Uh, They were were ran by other nations and dictators. And even in the midst of that darkness, God came. And he came as a baby saying that there is light and there's still hope. And I still care. It's so important because just like that happened in the Bible, that happens for us even today. Sometimes we feel like we're in a dark place. We feel like we're captive to other things, but God shines his light to give us hope because he cares. He doesn't want anyone to live in darkness, but to live in the light of his hope. Now we're living in a dark time in this world. Now I don't need to play the news station for you to, to know that, with um, pandemics and uh, fighting and politics. Goodness. We need some help, y'all. With uh, financial institutions uh, that are saying, you know, there's going to be recession and wars and rumors of wars. What's Ukraine doing? What's Russia doing? It's a, it's a dark time in the world. And not only that, the mental health crisis that has been going on even before the pandemic accelerated because of the pandemic. And now we're on the other side of that. It's a dark time in this world. But here's the good news. Like it says in Isaiah that there's going to be a time... Uh, Not just back then, but even today, that there would be darkness would cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the light of God will shine on us. So that's the good news. The reality is, yeah, the darker it gets, that's not fun to be be around that. That's not fun to experience that. But the darker it gets, the brighter we're going to shine. The brighter God's light is going to shine on us, his people, his church, and there will be a light shining in the darkness. But there's hope. Even in this dark time, there is hope. And we as the church should be the most hopeful people. We should be the ones with the flashlights out here. Not the ones hiding in the cave. We should be the ones out there Shining the light of God because God has shined his light on us. But we can only have that if we have hope. We're living with a living hope. We're walking, talking with a real hope. And that light is contagious. And that light that comes from God says the darkness can never overcome it. Now, the, um, the, the mental health crisis and I just read this the other day which is very interesting especially because I have a daughter who's in school they said uh, all the the middle school high school college elementary the people that had to to stay home for two years it says that they've done research on their brains and it aged their brains aged their brain so uh, from those two years compared to normal students that used to be in school it made their brain way older because of the level of stress that was on those kids' brain for two years having to do it online. Yeah. 
Isn't that wild? I'm not just talking about adults. I'm talking about children. They, they did brain scans and they could see their brain has aged abnormally compared to normal kids years ago because of the stress and the darkness in this world. The kids are having to think about what if I get sick and die from COVID or I can't go to school. And that's what kind of world we're living in today. And so this, this mental health issue in our world and even in the church, we need to talk about it because um, God has answers. And God has light to shine upon the darkness. Now, the um, depression, discouragement, anxiety, any of those issues, um, there was a well-known Christian leader. He called it the dark night of the soul that, that a lot of people go through that they need the light of God to shine into that situation. And I believe he will if we let him do that. He will give us hope. I love this quote. This is by Bishop Desmond Tutu from South Africa. He said, hope is being able to see the light despite all the darkness around you. And that's what we're called to be as the church. We're called to be people that have hope and we can see the light despite all the darkness around you. And God can do that in you and through you, no matter how dark it gets in this world, or even personally how dark it gets. There can be hope because God's light will shine. Now, my assignment today to you guys is to give you some light in a dark place. Now, some of you maybe are doing great. That's wonderful. But I know a lot of you probably aren't, or people you know aren't. And so you need this message, or you need this message so you can help somebody else who needs this message. And, and I just want to give you some light in a dark place today. I want to give you some hope. It, it always reminds me of this because of light being symbolic of hope. is kind of like when they're going to rescue people. Like I recently saw this movie. Some of you maybe have seen it. There was 13 boys that played soccer that were stuck in this cave in Thailand. And they got stuck in there, and they had to get divers to go get them out. It was completely dark. In that cave. And they, they, they had to take hours, these scuba divers, to go through these caverns to find these 13 guys. And these, these uh, boys, all of them got saved. But they were in this cave, and it was completely dark. And the, the scuba divers had to go underwater through all these caverns with lights on. And how many know when that first light came out of that water and those boys saw it, what do you think they felt? Hope. They felt some hope. Because what does that mean? When you're in a dark place and you can't see your way out and you see some light, that means hope. That means there's a way out. That means there's a way of escape. That means there's somebody here to rescue you. And I want you to know this morning, God is here to rescue you. And I'm just trying to show you where the light is. Because some of you feel like that. You feel like you're in a dark cave or a dark place and you can't see a way out. All I'm here to do is shine some light and say, hey, there is a way of escape. There is a way out. Here's a direction. There's somebody coming to rescue you. And it's not your pastor. It's God himself. And I'm just here to show you some light. And just like those 13 boys stuck in that cave that were in pitch black, and they saw that there was a scuba diver came out with a little light, they were like, hey, we got hope. We got a chance now. And all those, all those 13 boys were saved. Now, that's what I'm here to do this morning is give you some light and give you some hope because I've been there myself. Now, 
I'm not going to share everything this morning, but I do want to share a few things about my own personal story, and then we'll give you some practical things um, on how you can have hope. So, are, are you okay? You're right? Okay, I know you're thinking about the reindeer, but just give me a few more minutes here. Um, you know, in my own personal journey, and, and I want to share things like this with you, not because I want you to feel sorry for me. Because I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I'm telling you these things because I want you to have hope. And I'm telling you these things also because sometimes preachers, especially, get up and act like everything's great. And they, uh, they show their best and hide the rest. Just like people do on Instagram. And so then they got people in their church struggling and needing help. And then the pastor never admits, he, he never went through anything. So you're like, well, I must not be spiritual like he is. Because I wouldn't be struggling. You know, you know he, he doesn't understand. He doesn't get it because his life is, uh, you know, rainbow sprinkles and candy canes and the elf movie. Not even close, guys. By the way, Nick McCain, shout out to Nick McCain for playing Elf. Come on, mid-message. Just to lighten the mood, Nick McCain, he did such a wonderful job last week. Shout out to him for playing Elf. But if we don't talk like this in church, some of you guys will get the wrong idea and, and feel like if, if, if I really was spiritual, if I really had faith, that I would never have um, an issue. How many know if the Bible says... You're going to need to be victorious. That means there's going to be something that's going to come to try to take that victory from you. How many know overcoming and being an overcomer implies that you're going to have to overcome some opposition, some challenges, some, some tests and some trials. And, and that's part of living in this world that we live in. It is. And uh, I wish it wasn't, but it is. We're not in heaven yet guys and there's good news even despite that like Jesus says in the gospels in this world you will have trials and tribulations you will because you live here you will have things to overcome you will have challenges you will have the enemy trying to to discourage you and to to give you anxiety depression you got a you got an enemy in the world and the pressure in your flesh and all these things coming against you to stop you from fulfilling God's plan for your life. But the good news is, Jesus said, be of good cheer. Despite all those things, I have overcome them for you. That you can have light. And you can have hope in a dark place. So, um, about 11 years ago, uh, I was going on a mission trip to Manzanillo, Mexico. And, and before that, now... I'm wired pretty hot. You can laugh. Do I sound like that when I preach? I sound a little wired up. I'm just naturally wired that way. So, so I could be easily stressed out or emotional or all the above. My passion exudes in all sorts of ways. What makes me a good pastor also has some other issues. <laughs> Uh, because I can feel it, but sometimes I can feel it a little bit too much. Like, I, that's where I'm at. And, and that's why you love me. You don't want a stoic pastor who stands behind the pulpit and is like, <laughs> okay, you don't want that. Do you? That would be boring. No. 
You want a guy who lays it all on the floor every Sunday. Am I right? <laughs> wow. You want somebody who's passionate. Okay, but that's my cross to bear. So you can go either way. It's good in these settings, but then sometimes in my personal life, it's like, wow, overwhelming feelings, overwhelming emotions. I got I to gotta tie this up. So um, I was going on a mission trip. It was 11 years ago, somewhere around that time. And I had never had any mental health issues before this. Now, don't laugh because some of you would try to debate that. Like, Pastor, I knew you back then. Okay, I didn't have any. I didn't have, I never experienced anxiety, depression, anything like that. I, I, I've never went through that. And of course, when I was younger, don't judge me for this, because you probably do this to other people too. When you hear people talk about their issues, you would, you, because you never went through it, you'd be like, what's their problem? Or why don't they get over it? Or if somebody's depressed, like, why don't you cheer up? Unless you go through it, you, don't, you know it's not as easy as that answer. Now, I never said that to anybody, but I thought that a lot of times, like, chill out. Be happy. Get over it. But then I went through something, and I realized it was not as simple as that. So I'm, I'm about to get on the uh, plane to go to Manzanillo, Mexico, and there's a big group going with me. It was already a stressful time in my life. Uh, there was a lot of responsibilities I had already 11 years ago. And I sat on the plane, and as soon as I sat down on the plane, I started having a panic attack. Now, I didn't know what a panic attack was then, so I thought I was dying. Now, if you ever had a real panic attack, you feel like you're dying. And my heart started beating out of my chest. I started sweating profusely. My head was spinning. Uh, you know, I felt like I couldn't breathe. Like we hadn't even taken off yet. And uh, my physical body and mind felt like it was losing it. Now, if you ever had one, you understand what I'm talking about. And it was like uncontrollable. Like I couldn't stop it. Um, my, the physical symptoms, I couldn't stop. I was trying to. And the mental, emotional things, like I felt like my brain was scrambled. I couldn't think straight. And so I'm freaking out. Of course, you know, like dad used to say, Dale was there. I say Chad was there. It's, it's a version 2.0. <laughs> Dale was there for dad. Chad was, Chad happened to be next to me. Of course, uh, I stayed close to Chad on that trip, real close. And, um, but I wasn't myself. And I remember feeling like I have no idea what's going on, but I feel like I'm literally losing my mind. And I don't know what's happening. And the physical symptoms were freaking me out, too, because I'm like, am I having a heart attack? Do I need to go to the emergency room? I can't breathe. And I felt that way all during the trip in Manzanillo. It was a weird experience for me. Uh, and I couldn't think straight. And I was still having these physical symptoms. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't think straight. I kept having heart palpitations. I kept waking up in the night. I was sweating all the time. I was having headaches. Everything. Went on for a period of time, and uh, when I got home, I still felt that way. But I didn't know what it was yet. Now, that's been a long time ago. Now I've, I've studied it, I've researched it, I've podcasted it, I've YouTubed it. I know all about stuff like that. And that's what it was. 
a panic attack. And just knowing that takes some of the fear away. Because you realize, okay, this is, I'm not going crazy. Uh, you know, I'm not going to die of a heart attack. This is just my body reacting to the stress. It's kind of like if you don't deal with it, your body says, I'll deal with it for you. That's what happens in a panic attack. It's like you won't, you won't stop and calm down. I'm going to calm you down for you. That's what happens when your body just overloaded stress. And um, so then I started having super bad anxiety. And I remember when I got back, I didn't want to get up on the stage and do worship. I felt like I can't stand up there or I'm going to pass out. I remember I, I didn't want to get up and preach because I felt like if I get up, I'm going to pass out. I was having a panic attack about it every time I thought about it. That's not like me. And then, of course, if anybody, any of you have had anxiety or depression, you realize they're connected together. And uh, usually you'll go from a high high to a low low. And back and forth. So you feel very anxious. And then when you calm down from that, you feel very depressed. Yes. And then the dumps. I promise I'm going to bring you out of this before we're done today. Is it okay if I'm honest with you today? Um, uh, Pastor, I thought you said hope for the holidays. This is going very sad so far. All right. We're going to make it a Hallmark movie before it's all said and done. Okay? This is just the sad part of the story. Um, so I, I dealt with that for a long period of time and uh like anything with mental health or physical health and this is a whole nother message you need to attack it both spirit soul and body figure out what's going on most people don't so i started changing stuff changing the way i eat exercising that helped uh, you know trying to really you know, listen to teaching about the mind more than I ever had before. Listen to good preachers and teachers and read books and then spiritually praying more, reading more, getting people to lay hands on me if I needed it. There's many times I told dad, just pray deliverance over me. Just pray peace over my mind because I feel weird right now and I don't know why. And he did many, many times. So I'm for that. If you need that, don't, don't be prideful. Like I don't need nobody's help. You do. We all do. There's no shame in that. And, and we're going to pray for people before this day's over. Don't, don't feel uncomfortable or ashamed. I've been right there too. And that's why God puts spiritual people in your life too to help you, not just to encourage you verbally and, and preach to you God's word, but sometimes you need to be prayed for. Somebody lay hands on you and cast whatever demonic thing is trying to... Uh, be a stronghold on your mind or, or, or maybe it's something in your body that needs to be changed and have somebody pray for you for healing and deliverance. You need that sometimes. But from that situation, I, it lasted and lasted and lasted and lasted and lasted. And, you know, there is some things that um, I did physically that helped me and, and mentally that helped me and spiritually that helped me. But ultimately, I had to get hope before I got out of that. And the scariest part of that was, I'm going to have to be this way the rest of my life. That was the scariest feeling. And I want you to know this morning, if the devil's telling you that, it's not true. It does not have to be that way the rest of your life. And he knows if he can steal your hope to feel like, I'm always going to be anxious. I'm always going to be depressed. I'm always going to be this. I'm always going to... No, because he knows if he, he, he can get you to, to lose your hope and to agree with that fear, he's got you. 
So, you know, from that, you know, it was many, many years struggling. And it didn't, I didn't stop. I didn't stop what I was doing. I didn't stop being a dad. Didn't stop being a pastor. Kept, kept moving, kept moving. But it took some time for me to work my way with the help of God and other people out of that situation. And it didn't happen overnight. I want you to know that. But I want you to know that even in those darkest days, there was light. And even in those times of feeling hopeless, there was still hope. And some days I saw it and some days I didn't see it. And there was times in my life, now I never thought about taking my life, but there was many days I said out loud, I don't want to keep living if living is like this. I said that. Now, maybe you're judging me for that. I don't care if you are or not. If you've been there, you know what I'm saying. Because of the mental pressure, anxiety, depression, all the above that goes with that. I had to realize, just like you do, yeah, there can be some natural reasons why that happened. And I, I know some physically and mentally and spiritually. But more than anything, the enemy is after your call. Are you with me this morning? He's after your life. He's after your future. He's after your family. And if he can get you, he knows he can affect all of them. And so he will sometimes attack in those ways. And yeah, I believe in doing the physical things and the mental things. But ultimately, there was an enemy after me to stop me from doing what I'm doing today. To stop me from being the pastor I am today. And actually it backfired on him because actually I have more empathy and compassion for people going through stuff like that. And can help them now because I was there myself. That I would have never learned if I wouldn't have went through that. So what the enemy meant for evil, God actually turned around for my good. Now, you know, it, it was one of those things because... Um, those are, those are struggles I still have to fight at times. But then, as you know, and, and I, once again, I'm not just trying to rehash this because I don't want you to feel sorry for me. That's not what I want. I'm trying to say that I get it. And I'm a real person. But four years ago, two major deaths in my life that are people very close to me, a divorce, and then... Feeling like, while all that's going on emotionally, I got to take care of my family and my church at the same time. Not small things. When I have the history of that situation and fighting those battles for years. So, how many know those situations triggered all the anxiety, depression buttons that have went dormant because of those situations? And... uh I, I want to tell you today that there is hope despite all those things. There is light despite all those things. And I want you to know, as your pastor, I get it. I understand it. And I want you to know that God can be your healer. And God can be your hope. I don't care what happened to you. I don't care who died. I don't care who got divorced. I don't care what trauma or abuse is in your background. It was real and it shouldn't have happened, but it did. No matter what it is, God can still be your healer. 
God can still give you hope. God can still give you a new day. Your future can still be bright. God can still make a way where there is no way. God can still do something good in your life, even though, even though there's been nothing but bad and darkness and hurt in your past. God can do that. Are you with me today? So when I get up and talk about stuff, I'm not talking about stuff because I've been living on rainbow sprinkles and butterfly kittens. That's not the way my life's been. And finally, I had to realize in myself, guess what? I guess this is just par for the course. Because if I'm going to do anything great for God, the enemy's not going to say, great. Go for it, pastor. I am behind you. He's going to put every stinking roadblock in the way. And every kind of opposition to stop me from doing what God has called me to do. And if he'll do that against me, he'll do the same thing against you guys. But there's always light. And there's always hope. Don't lose that. But the reason I titled this Hope for the Holidays, and I'm sorry if I'm being too transparent, um, is because the holidays trigger all those feelings for me more than other times of the year. They do. Now, before you throw tomatoes at me and say I'm like the Grinch or <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge, because I know most of you love Christmas. Great. Good for you. <laughs> I don't. I don't. But it's not because I'm just a grumpy old man. And I want to. I really do. I want to. And you know, why am I doing all these things at church? To make me want to be happy about Christmas. Let's have a reindeer. I want to be happy about this. We're getting Elf. We're getting Anna. We're getting Santa. But hear me here. When the holidays come around, it triggers me. It does. Now, I'm not trying to speak for you guys, but let's all not act like all of our holidays are Hallmark cards. I know you try to put your best Instagram, Facebook picture up of your family, but you didn't have a good time at your aunt's house. You didn't. And you don't, you don't put up the picture of the night before thinking about the lost one you loved and is not going to be there at Christmas. You don't put up that picture. And, and I'm not naive enough to think that all of you are just doing great and I'm the only one struggling. The holidays trigger me. Now, the pastor say, don't confess that. I'm not confessing that over my life. I don't want that to happen. I don't confess that. I'm just saying I know myself, and, uh, and I can feel it. I can feel it. Thanksgiving to New Year's, I can feel it. More than other times of the year. Why? Because of hurt, trauma, grief. I can feel it. I don't lay down to it, but I'm saying I can feel it. And if I can feel it, a lot of you can feel it. That's all I want to say. There is hope for the holidays. That doesn't mean you got to dress as Santa. Doesn't mean you got to be Mrs. Claus. But there can be hope even in seasons like this in your life. Even despite loss, pain, hurt, there's a God who shines light in the dark places. Come on now, somebody. 
shines light in the dark days, shines light in the dark seasons, shines light in the dark places of your mind, shines light in the places you need him the most, even in seasons like this where you can feel it sometimes more than others. Maybe that darkness is trying to creep back on you, but there's a light shining in the darkness that the darkness cannot extinguish, which is God's hope. And there can be hope for the holidays. And, and I'm just telling you, as your pastor, I feel it right now. I don't want you to feel bad for me. Just pray for me. I'm okay. But I do. I feel it. I miss the people I care about. I wish my life was the way it used to be. I do. I think a lot about Natalie, of course. She's with me most of the time. But it's not the same sort of joy or enjoyment I used to have in the holidays many years ago before all these things but there's still light and there's still hope and I want you to know that today whether you need it or maybe somebody else you know needs it this message is for them I want to share a few things as I close today about that hope we have the first thing I want to share is feelings are temporary but hope is eternal Whenever you're struggling mentally and with your emotions and feelings, always realize feelings are temporary. But hope is eternal. Now, I'm not debating whether feelings are real. They are. You can feel them. They're very real. Like a feeling can make your heart beat fast. A feeling can give you a headache. A feeling can make you cry. A feeling could make you start sweating all over. A feeling can make all sorts of things trigger in your body, in your mind. They're real. But feelings are temporary. And they're not always true. Now, now this is what you need to know when you're maybe struggling in an area of mental health and you need hope. Realize feelings are temporary, but hope is eternal. Feelings are fickle you know that feelings fluctuate sometimes based off just what you ate y'all know what I'm saying hangry it's a real thing your feelings went from here to here because you haven't eaten you guys seen those Snickers commercials and M&M commercials how they change it to a different person he's like just eat this and they turn back to their old person why because feelings fluctuate even based off what we eat. Feelings are very fickle. They fluctuate. They can, they can fluctuate based off your hunger, your sleep. All sorts of things. That's why we need to understand when we feel like, are you here with me this morning? When we feel like the storms of life are, are shaking us and we're in a boat bobbing up and down. You need to realize your feelings are not truth. They are real. And they're only temporary. You have to anchor yourself to something that is eternal and stable. Are you here today? Now we do that by anchoring our soul, which is our mind, our will, and emotions, into something that can hold us steady. But you guys always need to remember that when you feel the waves of emotions and feelings and thoughts, realize this is only temporary. 
but my hope is eternal. And i got to anchor my soul into something that can hold me steady. Let's read a verse here in Hebrews 6, 18 through 19. Hebrews 6, 18 through 19 says, So God has given both his promise and his oath that these two things are unchangeable because it's impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we have fled to him for refuge, can have great confidence as we hold on to the hope that lies before us. Tell me about this hope. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor, anchor for your soul, and it leads through the the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Notice this hope is a anchor to your soul, and that's where you need it. Because your soul's your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you need to, when your feelings are going everywhere, realize this is temporary. I need to anchor my soul to the hope I have in Him. That will keep my boat steady. That will keep my boat from sinking. That will keep my boat or my life from going out to sea if I hold on to the hope I have in Him and let it anchor my soul. Are you here today? Speaking about feelings are temporary and hope is eternal. Realize this. And you need to know this the rest of your life. Never make a permanent decision based off a temporary feeling. You'll always make the wrong choice. People have committed suicide for this very thing right here. They made a permanent decision based off a temporary feeling. It's not worth it. People have gotten divorced off of a temporary feeling and made a permanent decision. People have left a church, a job, a family over a temporary feeling and made a permanent decision. You can't trust your feelings. But what can you trust? God's eternal hope. Let it be an anchor to your soul. And it says it's not just an anchor to your soul. It's sure and steadfast. It is trustworthy. It's able for you, for you to hold on to, and it's not going to let you go. It's going to anchor your soul. Are you still here today? The next thing I want to say is you have to learn to encourage yourself. Or the Bible said you got to learn to speak to your soul. Now, the, the person that we know the most about this from is David in the Bible. Because you got to realize when thoughts and feelings come to you that are hopeless and discouraging and anxious, those thoughts and feelings are speaking to you without speaking to you. So guess what? you got to talk back if you want those feelings and thoughts to stop speaking to you. And the Bible says it's called speaking to your soul or encouraging yourself in God. So this is the story. And David did this all over his life and ministry. But David, how many know he was a man after God's own heart, but he went through some stuff. He had some challenges. He had some oppositions. And so there's this story in 1 Samuel 30. It says that that David and his mighty men went to go uh, take over this place. And when they come back, the enemy had taken all their wives and all their kids, and they burnt down the whole place. And it says when he got back with all his mighty men, 
It said they were all so grieved and they were crying. And it said they cried that they couldn't cry anymore. And David's men said, well, you know what, David, you caused this. So we're going to kill you now. How many know it's a rough day for David? Okay, just a little bit. He just lost his kids, his wife, burned the place down, and all his best friends said, it's your fault, we're going to kill you. But David had been there before. David has already known this fact that I'm telling you right now. He knew how to speak to his soul. He knew how to encourage his soul. He knew how to speak to himself no matter what he was thinking or feeling. And he talked himself into hope, into faith, into believing. And he knew how to speak back to his soul. And I love this passage. It says in in 1 Samuel 30 and verse 6 in the Amplified. Furthermore, David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him, for all of them were embittered, each man for his sons and his daughters. But David felt strengthened and encouraged in the Lord his God. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. How do you do that? You got to speak to yourself. You got to speak to your soul. Now, how do you speak to your soul? One great way to do it, which we all need to do, that the Bible says is put on the garment of praise and worship for the spirit of heaviness. How do we speak to our soul? We start praising God. We start worshiping God, not because of what we feel and not because of what we're thinking, but we're trying to speak the hope that we have in God. And trust me, when you do that, the garment of praise, you put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness or discouragement, that's encouraging yourself in the Lord your God. How many know when you're discouraged, don't just play a song on the radio. Don't just just listen to a podcast. Turn on some worship music and lift your voice to God. Start saying, God, you're worthy. I praise you. I exalt you. You're my healer. You're my hope. You're my joy. You're my peace. And sing some songs that have some faith about them. And trust me, when you do that, your soul will start turning in the right direction. But if you're going to wait for feelings to come to do that, you're going to be sitting in that pit the rest of your life wondering for God to come rescue you, and he's not because you got to speak to your soul. You speaking gives God permission to move in your life. If you're going to keep keeping your mouth shut, God's not moving in that situation. you got to tell God what you need him to be in your life. I'm going to get the reindeer saved before we're said and done this morning. Rangers go be speaking in tongues. Shandai, shandai, tie my bow tie. You got to speak to your soul. And one of the best ways to do that is praise and worship. Put it on in your AirPods. Put it on in your car. Lift up a shout of praise when you don't feel like it. And it will change the atmosphere around you. You want those feelings and thoughts to go? Put some praise on and it will change. Put some worship. And not just listening. you got to say it out of your own mouth. Sing along with him. I don't care if you sound good or not. Sing along with him. You're by yourself anyways. It's wonderful to God. Sing it out of your mouth. Give him worship. Give him praise. Give him honor. Give him glory. Now, I'm not saying you're doing it because you feel like it. 
You're doing it because you're speaking hope. And, and the, more you, the more you do that, the more you speak to your soul, you speak hope, you'll start seeing the light of God shine into that dark place in your mind. Shine into those thoughts. Shine into that discouragement. Shine into that depression. Shine into that anxiety. But you got to speak to your soul through worship and praise. Can I get an amen? Don't act all dignified just because it's Christmas. Here's another way. You need to get in the Bible and start reading it. Not just mentally. Read it out loud. The Word has power. Read verses that are going to build your faith. Read verses that are going to build your hope. You could read that verse out loud when you feel hopeless. No, God, I have a confident hope. And that hope is an anchor to my soul. And I command my soul right now to be stable and calm because my anchor is going to hold me, which is the hope I have in Jesus. Here's another way to do it. And David knew very well how to do this. You got to remind yourself what God has already done in your life. You have to remind yourself. How many know when, when you get in a situation like that and it feels so dark, it feels so hopeless, it's like your brain just blanks out on everything good God has ever done in your life. You're like, you can't even remember it. And that's a, that's a key to the enemy keeping you where you're at because he wants you to forget about that because he knows if you remember, you'll realize he can do it again. And you know, David said stuff like this because David was in this situation and just like he said to Goliath, when he faced Goliath, he said, oh, I can do this. Why? Because I remind myself, I faced a lion once and God was there. I faced a bear once and God was there. And I faced this giant, and God was there. And I lost my child, and God was there. And I overcame this enemy, and God was there. I've been here before. And when you remind yourself about what God has already done, it encourages your soul. Come on, has God ever healed you before? Then why can't he heal you now? He can. Has God delivered you mentally before? He can do it again. You've got to remind yourself what God has done for you. That's how you encourage yourself. You start going back to the victories of what God has done in your life. God, I remember you delivered me that day. I remember you healed my baby that day. I remember you got me out, the, out of that financial situation that day. And the same God that did that is going to deliver me today. But David was really good at doing this. So that's why he knew how to encourage himself in the Lord his God. Because he'd been doing that his whole life. And he didn't forget what to do. Even in this situation, he reminded himself and encouraged himself in the Lord his God. It says in the book of Psalms, he talks to his soul. It says, why are you cast down on my soul? Yet hope in God. He told his soul what to do. Hope in God. I feel this. I feel discouraged. But I'm telling you to hope in God. What was he doing? Encouraging himself in the Lord his God. Are you with me today? you got to remind yourself. Sometimes we get a bad doctor's report and we're like, it's over. Hey, God already healed you 50 times. Why can't he heal you now? Well, this is it. I'm going down financially. God came through with 15 other miracles financially for you. Why is this the time? 
That's what the enemy wants you to think. Oh, he's not going to come through this time. You got to remind him, no, he's come through every time. And I'll start listening to you, devil. This time and this time and this time, God has been faithful. And he'll be faithful again today. Church, you need to remind yourself you're Pentecostal right now. Come on, can we give him a shout of praise for a second? Come on, can we give him a shout of praise for a second? Come on, let's give him a shout of praise for a second. We love you. We thank you. We thank you for all the victories we have overcome. We thank you for all the things that you've done in our life. We thank you for helping us overcome. We thank you for freeing us from addiction. We thank you for freeing us from bondages. We thank you for healing our minds. We thank you for healing our bodies. We thank you for being our deliverer today. We won't forget. We're going to remind ourselves all the goodness and all the greatness that you've done in our life. We're going to encourage ourselves in the Lord our God. We're going to encourage ourselves in the Lord our God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to encourage ourselves in the Lord our God. Brother Daryl, could you come play for a second? You guys could be seated just for a few more minutes. Hey, that was good for you guys. That was good for you guys. Sometimes you got to remind yourself. Come on, we're spirit-filled around here. If you act like that when the devil's putting thoughts in your mind, you're not going to get much victory. got to say something encourage yourself in the Lord your God David reminded himself what God had done in his life the last thing I want to share with you there is hope because we have a healer there is hope because we have a healer Jesus is our healer hear me this morning Jesus is not just our physical healer He's our mental and emotional healer. And he can heal you in places deeper than what therapy can get you. He can heal you deeper in places that medication can get you. And I'm for both of those things if you need it. But God is a healer. That's why we can have hope. The Bible says that the call of Jesus was that he heals the brokenhearted. And he sets at liberty those who are captive. That's what mental and emotional pain is. It's broken heart. It's captive to the enemy. But God heals and he sets free those who are captive. But you need to realize there's hope because we have a healer. I know many of you are hurting. Many of you feel things, especially this time of year. But I love this quote. It says, let your hopes, not your hurts, shape your future let God shape it not because of your past or your story but let God shape your future with hope and we can have hope because we have a healer now I was thinking about this story in the Bible it was a story that Jesus went to um, this place and there was a man he was tormented by the devil and it says that he was living in the caves in the tombs he didn't have any clothes on he had been cutting himself he'd been hurting himself 
And Jesus came to that man. And it says that he came and he prayed for him. And everybody in the town knew who he was because he had been tormented mentally for a long, long time. And I love this verse. It's in Luke 8 and verse 34. When the herdsmen saw that what had happened, they ran away and told it in the city and out in the country. And people came out to see what had happened because they knew this guy. They came to see Jesus and they found the man from whom the demons had gone out. Sitting at Jesus' feet, look at this, clothed and in his right mind. Mentally healthy. And they were frightened. In verse 36, And those who had seen it told them how the man who had been demon-possessed had been healed. The reason I want to say that is because now this man was being tormented and he had so many issues mentally and this guy is way further out than any of you in here. He was living in a tomb, naked, cutting himself. In one passage it says he had 2,000 demons because there's 2,000 pigs that went over that hill when they prayed for him. Now none of you are in that shape right now. And if God could do that for him, that the next time the whole town saw him, that this man was sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, the Amplified says he was mentally healthy again because Jesus is a healer. Come on, anybody agree with that? Jesus is a healer. Come on, if, if God could do something in that man's life, it's way worse off than any of us what we're dealing with right now and I'm not making light with what you're dealing with mentally if Jesus could heal that man and he got back into his right mind and became mentally healthy he can do it for you he can do it for you you know when Jesus went to the cross in Isaiah 53 it says he was bruised for us and the chastisement for our peace was on him that by his stripes we would be healed, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. Do you realize the crown of thorns they put on his head? Those thorns went down into his skull and into his brain and into where we would consider where your mind and your will and your thoughts and your emotions are, and it pierced it, and he wore that crown of thorns on his head and took that torment so you don't have to. He took that anxiety so you don't have to. He took that depression so you don't have to. He took that suicidal thought so you don't have to. Just like he took the physical beating to make you whole physically, he took the mental beating to make you sound in your mind, in your will, in your emotions. He did that for you. It's a part of the price that he paid at the cross so we could be free mentally and emotionally and have hope no matter how dark it gets.
and we could be like the man he prayed for, sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed, and in our right mind, mentally healthy again. Because there's hope. Could you stand up this morning? I know I went long today. But I wanted to help you. If you're struggling this morning in any way, mentally or emotionally, there's no shame. I just told you I was. Myself and dad want to pray for you this morning. And if that's you today, maybe you said I'm dealing with anxiety, depression, discouragement, or maybe I'm just feeling off and I don't feel like I got hope in some areas and I need help. We want to pray for you this morning. So could you come on up? Ushers, could you come up? Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.